Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hooting, back with Christian Conway and Jamie Bacon. It has been a long time since we've been back, and boy, has it been a lot of miles. I just don't even know what to say about any of this. I'll start. Um, LA Galaxy still sit in eighth place because that's the West and that's MLS. Um, you know, stay tuned for a explicit episode. I'm putting that warning right here, right now, in case anybody tuned in with their kids. Uh, thank you for listening in advance. Uh, there's a reason that we don't do predictions on this show. If you like predictions, I highly recommend Elias Our House Balls and Beers. Last time we recorded, we all thought that, uh, or at least Christian and I spoke for you, Jamie, um, that LA Galaxy were a fourth place team. And of course, we go in with hope and optimism and for some reason really thought the Galaxy were going to at least get six points out of the last three matches. And here we sit having only had two since we last recorded. Well, I think my therapist would call me a pathological liar then if I said this team was a fourth place team. Um, look, I, I think, look, I, I tweeted this out and I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this point. I've never seen a team that is structurally and player-wise this good make this many individual mistakes that lead to serious problems. I mean, I, I know we're kind of viewing this in the lens of what happened in Vancouver last night. And I, and I know there's other games that we can talk about with this. I mean, obviously the failed Panenka a couple weeks ago and, and all of that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's individual decisions that doom this team into positions where y- you sit there and you're like, you don't have to be here. You know, you, you, like they could be structurally smarter. I mean, I point to the first goal they conceded last night, Julian Araujo overcommits on a corner. It's like, Yes, but if you would just stay tight to the defender, everything's fine. Everything's great. It's them trying to prove they're good enough without being good enough. And I think Kevin Cabral, for example, I mean, there's a couple of chances in this Vancouver game and a couple of chances in the SKC game, which I think was probably the bigger of the two losses. Um, Obviously, Vancouver is chasing us for a playoff spot. I mean, 37 points were on 40. This was a big loss for the Galaxy. But the SKC loss at home was so much more damaging because – there were so many moments in that game where it's like Kevin Cabral gets into space and we know his confidence is shot or we know like all these moments and they just, I, I've never seen a team so committed to self-destruction quite like the LA Galaxy in 2022. And it's frustrating, right? Because you see Rick Puig and you see, or uh, Rick Puig and you see a lot of good play from him and you see a lot of good play from Brugman. You see a lot of good play from Chicharito who's actually making very smart runs. And yet it's just, like Derek Williams made a quote, I believe last night, and I'm going to paraphrase here where he said, we controlled the game for 70% of the game, but we got a little too comfortable. And then we allowed them to start getting momentum. And that's the problem with the galaxy in 2022 is they just allow teams to get momentum. And then all of a sudden they can't, the, the horse is out of the barn. They can't bring the horse back in. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, the first half, I mean, you know, the first half of that game looked like, Hey, you know, we're on the road. We look pretty decent. This this could be fun. Uh, hopefully, second half, we get something going as far as uh, scoring-wise. But second half just went completely to shit. It was like if every plan went out the window and everybody who is being paid to play this game forgot how to play this game. I mean, that first half in Vancouver last night was one of the best first halves I've seen this team play. I mean, they were incisive on the ball they were moving the ball effectively they were aggressive they weren't afraid to get into moments of one-on-one combat and win those moments 
And then in the second half, I mean, it's just, it's, it's these minor mistakes that then cascade into utter disaster. And it, it, it again, I texted a friend and I said, uh, if the galaxy steal a win against sporting Kansas city at home, um, they're making the, they're winning MLS cup because no team this bad can be this lucky. And again, we all thought, you know, luck's going to get them through this and it didn't in Vancouver. And, I think this is the Vancouver game is more the reality of our situation, which is we have a team that is very talented, very good. I mean, Rikwe Pooch is an absolute revelation, but they, it's these individual moments of, of wrong decisions that absolutely kill them. It's also when the Galaxy gets scored on that they start to fall apart, right? I mean, asking this team to play from behind, we've said before, um, you know, they're, they're gassed. They, for whatever reason, I mean, just can't seem to to keep up. And like I hear about like the individual errors and 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 not even just that. Like it, it seemed like the individual agendas more and more. Like that you know, since Williams, you know, leaked that, it just feels very, you know, I'm gonna quote uh, Rexham, um, the documentary. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, Ryan Reynolds and the guy from. Um, always sunny and i'm sorry i don't pronounce his last name well but you know they say that there are some draws that feel like wins some draws that feel like losses and the one against sporting kansas city of course that that felt like a loss you know you're you're looking to um chicharito to to make that right um to not only because he also made like this big fanfare about taking the penalty, right? You're going to do all of that. You're going to do all of that and then screw it up, right? And then, so, okay, he shouldn't take penalties anymore. Okay, you can blame Vanny and things like that. But, you know, the Galaxy, no matter what, this, this team was in a position where they shouldn't have to rely on making penalty kicks, okay? Because sometimes the keeper does take, you know, catch them. I mean, even that one from Pooj got a, the keeper got a hand on it. So, you know, that that's not something that's always going to go your way. Instead, also though, we have to give our opponents their credit. Um, Sporting Kansas City at home, very difficult place to play. Yes, they're at the bottom of the table, but they've been also not doing too bad where they actually aren't last and then there's Nashville, who's always going to be difficult. Playing them at home um, is always going to be a challenge. And so both of those games being draws, there were times where I even thought, okay, for sure, the one against Sporting Kansas City should have been a win. But the Nashville game, I mean, at that point, you're just like, wow, I'm surprised we're even getting a draw out of this, right? And then the Galaxy go to Vancouver. Now, this was a game that when asked, I told my friends, Okay, yeah, this is one where I thought the Galaxy were going to be able to pick up those points, right? I didn't think that we were going to lose, and I certainly didn't think that we were going to lose 3-0. And if Vancouver were a better team, that first half would not be getting any kind of compliments. Well, so so let me uh, quickly kind of diagnose all three games in terms of what we should think about all three games. That home draw to SKC when they had multiple opportunities to put that game away should be considered a loss. Now, that being said, had they drawn their, you know, then they go to Nashville again, as you mentioned, very tough place to play. 
they Nashville, the style of play they like to play, it's really difficult. You know, they parked the bus for 90 minutes. They made it really difficult for the Galaxy to operate in the spaces that they do so well in. They marked Pooch out of the game, which I think a lot of teams are going to start doing now, and, and that's a very smart decision. I'm not going to blame any team for doing that. But they got a draw out of that. And I think, you know, and they probably should have won that game. And I think we can all agree in that kind of context of at Nashville, if they had gotten three points there, then I think all of us go into this Vancouver game a lot more positive and also a little bit more like, well, you know, they can kind of let a result go if, if things don't go their way. That Vancouver game is nothing less than a tragedy because that was a six-pointer. And I mean, we are at the point in our season where it's four games left and every point you can get against a Western Conference opponent matters. And they let three points get out of their grasp because that first half, they were electric. They were moving the ball well. They were constantly focused on goal. They were goal dangerous. They were, I, I call it moving the field downhill, which is basically tilting the field towards your opponent's goal. They then kind of relaxed into that second half, started a little slower, and Vancouver sensed blood in the water, and they took advantage of that. Lethal teams are going to do that, and especially considering the Galaxy's upcoming teams. I mean, they play a desperate Colorado side this weekend. San Jose, who is out of the playoffs, but everyone's playing for their jobs, and then they play a desperate Houston team to close the season. I mean, you're going to be talking about teams that, you know, the famous adage that never gamble against someone who has nothing left to lose because they're going to be the most dangerous person at the table. I mean, we're all, we're playing teams that all have nothing left to lose. And so I, what disappointed me most in a lot of the stretch of these three games, and I know we're kind of trying to take these macro concepts because we didn't have an episode last week is you are playing teams that have nothing left to lose. That is, you have to put them away when you get the opportunities and the galaxy just failed to do that. And it's, all well and good if this happens in April, right? Galaxy are figuring it out. They go on a six-game, you know, undefeated streak. Everything looks great. Yeah, it's four draws, but you think about the draws they they managed. I mean, away to Nashville, tough place to play. A draw against Toronto against all odds, or uh, against all odds. You know, they they, they they the draws aren't bad if it's in April, but we're at the business end of the season, and if this is a team with so much talent with so many good players and we're meant to believe that they're going to be, you know, the, a playoff team that could compete for MLS cup. You've got to have that killer instinct and they just don't have it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It definitely just looks like a team who just has kind of given up on themselves. I mean, you have, you have a handful of guys who still go out there and they run their asses off and, you know, they're playing for, for each other, for the crest, but then you have those guys that are just like phoning it in here for a paycheck. And we've been through that already with, uh, with one of our DPs and, you know, it's just, it's painful to watch. I mean, I even tweeted last night when you stop caring it, none of, none of it really matters anymore, you know? And at this point, I really don't care. I don't care if we make the playoffs. I don't care if we win anything. I don't care. It's not fun. Nothing. It's, so, it's just, everything's just dis, discombobulated and disjointed. So I'll ask you two both a very kind of question that came to my mind watching that game last night, which is, I don't know how it happened, but do you think Greg Vanny has lost the locker room? Because I think he has. But I don't think it's his fault. I, I think I said that I, I uh, said something along those lines 
several weeks ago. You know, I think his voice is just not being heard. And I don't know if there needs to be a player meeting without the coaches there, or, you know, there has to be somebody on that team who steps up and says, Hey guys, we need to figure this out because what we're doing is not okay. And if you don't want to be here, don't show up tomorrow. There's plenty of young guys ready to take your job. So for me, I think that, I don't know if you guys saw the information that actually the Galaxy did not open, despite MLS policy, they didn't open the locker room the 15 minutes that they're supposed to. That tells me that Vanny lost the locker room. I mean, I understand how they're feeling and all this stuff, but this is the problem where nobody's really taking that accountability, right? Nobody's stepping up and, and addressing the media. If, if they don't want to face a brutal media, then they need to do better, first of all. Go ahead, Christian. I think we're going to tee off kind of one of two rants that's going to occur today. I think what we're dealing with right now is an incredible amount of locker room cancer. And I, and I, I understand and I get it to all of you that want to fire Vanny because you want the instantaneous acceptance or like the, the instantaneous scapegoat that you can blame this on. But the reality is this. We have a designated player on $5 million wages for five years that has scored, what, three goals in his Galaxy career? We have so many. Douglas Costa, who legitimately bombed out of a Serie B side in Brazil. And I know Gremio is one of the great names of Brazil. I get it. But he was not popular there. There's a reason that Juventus let him go on a free toss. You get, like, I mean, I, it, it's not Vanny's fault. It just cannot be at this point. Because we have seen time and time again coaches step up and what have they been given and it's not just you know the coaching staff i mean we're talking about two things and the coaching staff which for the first time ever in a soccer club the coaching staff is not the problem i mean like legitimately every single time we talk about coaching staffs or uh, soccer clubs and the problems well the obvious answer is fire the head coach we've done that six times and i understand that you know one of them was a weird kind of situation in terms of health issues but i mean the other five were competent coaches that knew what they were doing this is this is ridiculous at this point in time. And I can't believe that people are still saying Vanny is the problem. And you know what's going to happen? We all know what's going to happen. Is that we'll miss out in the playoffs and guess who goes? Vanny goes. None of the decision makers will go. And it's and I agree with you, Jamie. I've hit the point of apathy. I've hit the point where I'm just so frustrated watching this club continue to shoot itself in the foot. It's, it's like watching a toddler just keep hitting a, a desk or something where you're like, you, you, you like, Learn the lesson that you've been given. And if if Chris Klein and any of those decision makers had an ounce of dignity, they would have left years ago. But they don't because the club continues to foment them and allow them and give them opportunities to completely run this club into the ground. So yeah, you know what? Honestly, I'm as empathetic as Jamie is right now. And it's frustrating because I, I want to care. I desperately do. I'm a very passionate person. I give 110% of myself. Anyone who's seen me in ACB knows that. Anyone who's seen me around the galaxy in general knows that. But I'm apathetic right now because it's like I, I, I thought about driving up for this game or for uh, for the game uh, against Sporting Kansas City. I thought about it and I was just sitting there my, like getting ready to get in my car. And I thought to myself, what's the point? You know, I know what's going to happen. We're going to blow this because that's what we're doing. That's what we've done for the past five years. And I, I know the fan base is furious and I generally tend to be the voice of reason. I know that it's my job. I don't get paid enough for it. 
Um, I don't get paid anything for it. Um, but it's <laughs> it's just like I, I literally like got in my car and sat there for like a solid two minutes and said, "What's the point?" You know, like I'm going to drive two hours to go watch this team blow a winnable game at home. And the problem is, I knew that was going to happen. And and I understand that there's a lot at at, at play here. I mean, I understand the fact that. There's going to be a big transition offseason upcoming simply because of the way that the roster is built right now. We know Chicharito is probably not going to be here next year. We know that Douglas Costa is definitely not going to be here next year. What they do with Kevin Cabral is going to be really fascinating. I think they're going to move him to France again. You know, they have a lot of questions to answer. But I just don't trust the people that are in the positions to answer those questions to do it correctly. And at this point, it's it's frustrating because I love this club more than anything. I really do. But it, it's infuriating to watch this happen consistently and to know that the people that are responsible for it will not be held accountable. And at that point, as Jamie said, that apathy starts to set in and it, it is, it's incredibly frustrating. And, you know, honestly, I was so pleased with this club when they left Nashville with a draw that that was a fantastic result. You know, you're going to Vancouver, you know, you're going to play a team that wants to eat you alive at home. They are desperate. They are the last lifeboat of the Titanic kind of thing. And yet they didn't show up. And it's it's like, how do you convince a group of players to do that? Like, I mean, Vanny's doing everything. You can tell he is. I mean, if you can't get up for, and I understand it's Vancouver. It's a tough travel. Nashville's a tough place to play. It's draining. You then go to Vancouver. It's like the, the turf is hard. And Vancouver is, again, literally the last people in the Titanic going for the last lifeboat. I get it. How do you not get up for this, though? Like, why why do you show up and then the, why do we show up? It, it 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 frustrates me to know one. it's almost like and i hate and i don't i don't want to be that person but it's almost like i actually want to lose because if we somehow pull off a miracle make the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game they just secured klein's job for another five years the only way to really have some sort of mix up in in that front office is to fail so miserably that it is unavoidable to to do to make a move to get rid of someone even if it isn't Klein to get rid of some of those higher ups who are making all these decisions but I'll ask the very valid question do you think over the past five years knowing what the decision makers have done do you trust them to make the right decision in this offseason in terms of getting rid of Klein or making that shakeup? Because I I don't at this point. No. I think I think no. new ownership is needed, not just new president anything. I think new ownership is needed. Sure, but then that also begins a whole other rebuild, you know, and we can't expect to, you know, even make playoffs. But, you know, where we're at right now, 100%, I think – yeah, we want accountability. Unfortunately, yeah, the coach, especially Vanny, is going to be the guy that gets sacrificed, right? Um, you know, what you're saying, everything has been this story with the Galaxy for the for the last, yeah, five years. And I mean, with Zlatan, we made one playoff match. Um, but yeah, talking about everything, it's just like, oh, you mean we're waiting for other teams 
to come out and play in a way that's going to be in our favor as if any of those teams give a shit about us and even want to do that right there i mean in fact colorado winning yesterday completely screwed us over so we can't rely on those kinds of things and the fact that you know that i'm even seeing or hearing that you know how other teams are doing i'm sorry i'm a galaxy fan and you know no other league do i pay attention to what's happening <laughs> with other teams um this much and especially the west is is so tight and for us to still be sitting in eighth place but you know you got to look at the teams that the, that are sitting behind the galaxy and you know we're just sick of the same story like this where it's like oh it's going to be decision day oh houston is going to fuck us over you know um you know that said i saw some praise for the signings that were made Casares, uh Puj, like uh brugman yeah great but again these are the galaxy have always done this they have great players great names what do we have to show for it i mean those are signings they should have made Casares, i think was a bit of a a risk I, I i do say he's he's panned out decently well um but i mean brugman you know uh, that should have been done in january like like these signings are very good signings there's no question about that but when you talk about roster build and you talk about the conversations that the front office has with the coach has with the players they had to have at least made the brugman signing in january we can't be talking about building a team in august with seven games remaining we just can't do that because you know, there there's not enough time. You do, you just don't give yourself enough time to succeed, and 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 that's the frustration I have is that they like the pooch signing, and I understand that like if that falls in your lap, you make that signing nine ways to Sunday. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, the, the, yes, do that. Like, hell yeah. But signings like Brugman, signings like Costa, signings like I don't know um, Costa. <laughs> well, uh, but they made that in January, which was a stupid idea. Um. And I understand that we're operating a very weird, weird world right now in the soccer world, right? Because we're dealing with a men's world cup that occurs in winter. We've never dealt with this. And so I get the fact that transfers are strange and I, all of that kind of mojo jumbo, but I it, it just, it, it's these constant decisions this front office makes that I'm just like, any, a toddler with, you know, a blues clues, you know, uh, episode could figure this out. And how are we, why are we doing this? You know, it's like, I just endlessly run out of words to describe like how incompetent this front office operates. And like legitimately they were handed Ibrahimovic, they were handed Pooch. And yet it almost felt like those were never going to go over the line because the decision makers couldn't get it over the line. Like, I mean, Ibrahimovic, that was a bit of a battle. Like, I mean, these are no brainer decisions that I almost feel the front office doesn't really know what to do. And it it's frustrating. Now, I think this weekend with Colorado, and I think we should probably start to move to that game. They've got a chance here. And I mean, this is a big game now. And had they won in Vancouver, you kind of put a little bit of distance, a little bit of breathing room, but Colorado's on 39 points and you're on 40 points. And Salt Lake hasn't been playing well. And I think that magic's got to wear off at some point. I rarely say the term must win. I I, I don't like it. And Michelle and in, in, we're famous for for saying we don't do predictions on the show but I, I i'm really the doom and gloom guy but if they get zero points out of this game i think it would be acceptable to mourn alongside the english people with the queen passing away 
You won't be a guy to say it's a must win, so I'll say it for you. This game is an absolute must win. It's a must win. There's no way around it. Yeah, and at home. I don't care. Yeah, at home in front of already fans who majority I've seen on Twitter, you know, not only airing their opinions, but are like posting up their tickets as soon as we lost that Vancouver game. Like, you know, they're going because it's Central American night. That's, you know, they're going to celebrate and be with their friends and community. And, you know, like Christian was saying earlier, yeah, I made other plans, Um, you know, looking ahead at Colorado and looking at Houston like Jamie said, it, it's not even about making playoffs. It's like, that's bare minimum, right? If we make playoffs, it's okay that I miss these last two home games and then I'll see you guys at a playoff game. But, you know, I I instead was like, okay, you know, you, you've got this depth that they keep talking about. I think even Jamie had tweeted that, uh, not tweeted it, uh, texted us in our group. It's like, where's this depth that vanny keeps talking about right i I mean edwards uh got suspended because of yellow card so then they have gasper and i just was like he's the reason part of the like reason that we got scored on i don't have any confidence when i see him in the lineup cabral they keep starting and i know everybody's super frustrated about that but he's also a dp like yeah i get it he's got no confidence and all this you know other issues that we have with him but like come on they're gonna start him like this is just like when you see the lineup come out it's not even like oh yeah you know this team's gonna do it. it's like well what else what else are they gonna do what, what else have we seen you know it makes you nervous now instead it, <laughs> when a game is gonna start not excited it, it makes you question what can go wrong and that's a really big problem with this team and and, and i know you dug into gasper a little bit i don't think he's been particularly poor i think he's just been kind of he's caught galaxy itis like the next great pandemic is going to be galaxy itis where you're very good for 80 minutes. And then for five minutes, you just absolutely lose your mind. I mean, Julian Araujo again has become a liability, you know, and I, there's, there's these great players. I mean, Derek Williams had a fantastic career in Europe and he puts on the galaxy Jersey. He doesn't look like he knows how to defend. I mean, Sega Koulibaly, I love him to death. I love his passing range, but it, for five minutes a game, he looks like a, a giraffe on ice skates. You know, it's just, it's these, I don't know how to explain it. I really just don't. This is a good team. Like, they are a good team. You see these moments, these kill state moments that they get into where they're untouchable. I mean, the ball is pinging around the opposition box. They're getting people good looks. And then it falls to Cabral, and he doesn't have any confidence, so he dishes it off to Chicharito, and the defender reads the play. Or it's an ambitious shot from outside the area when maybe you should have played the kill pass. Like, they get into the kill state moments, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like deer in headlights stuff where they look and they're like uh, uh like what do i do they they had to be more ruthless in that first half against vancouver if they were ruthless in that first half against vancouver they score three goals easy we're talking about three and all at halftime good night see you later vancouver bc is a wonderful place you know enjoy the the olympic torch or something i don't know um but instead we go into halftime at nil nil and all of a sudden vancouver starts to get the belief and i will say this if there was any team that right now the Galaxy could have played that was going to be horrible for them in terms of the the lack of ruthlessness that the Galaxy have experienced in 2022, it was Vancouver. Because Sartini is a vibes guy. And I know that's I know I come on this podcast and I talk X's and O's and I talk about tactical, you know, like overloads and stuff like that. With Vancouver, it's just Sartini's a vibes guy. Like he's 
you know, all about, all about the vibes and he got good vibes out of that team and, and they completely killed us in the second half. Uh, they capitulated after two nil. I mean, the galaxy definitely did that against Colorado. I think they've got a shot. I do. I really, really do. I mean, they're Colorado's won one game on the road this year. They've lost 10 and you know, I have a feeling I, I'm intrigued about the atmosphere on, on the 17th. I will sadly not be there um, because uh, of another podcast we're recording called surf break. Cause we're going to get the wave game. Uh, but I, I'm intrigued to see if, if, if it gets to like one nil Colorado at halftime, I'm intrigued to see how the crowd reacts because I don't know if you guys have felt it. And I know we're running out of time here, but there's been a strange tension in the stadium recently. And I understand why. But it just feels like if, if something goes a little wrong, then that tension is going to come. That 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 smoke is going to turn into a wildfire. And so I think the Galaxy, if they can score early, get that tension out of the stadium, they're all good to go. But if the longer this game kind of sits on a knife edge, I think that tension is going to start getting to the team. Yeah. yeah I mean, go ahead, Jamie. I just don't think there's any hope left for this team. I think – you know, like you said earlier, there's there's a cancer in the locker room and it needs to be rooted out. And if we just need to see out the rest of the season, three games and let the chips fall where they may after that, I mean, that, I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all that can really be said, right? It's like, OK, you know, shout out to our supporters as always um although i'm not sure if it was true what i heard in nashville and it feels weird because it's like we know all the people who travel and but for you know some i think it was a nashville fan said that you know they got into some altercation and stuff let's just continue to be classy galaxy fans let's not you know um i understand that we're frustrated and and everything like that but it's just not okay to throw cans on the pitch and treat other uh, fans really shitty and then criticize LAFC for doing the same thing, you know? Yeah, completely agree. It's, it's, it's a bit of a complex situation is, is, is my kind of official point on it. But just, but just to close, I agree with Jamie or uh, that this does feel like, you know, the last stand at the Alamo, like in this, this game, I, I feel like this game is, is again, the last stand of the season. If they can get through it, then, you know, we have a lot, we have a little bit more hope, but it, this is massive. All right. Well, that was a moment of silence for our season. Uh, thank you again for listening. And actually, you know, stay tuned. Uh, we'll still be coming at you. I know you you listen for us and we really appreciate it. And also, I'm actually going to be joining Christian and Jamie on Surf Break because Angel City and San Diego play this weekend, uh, September 17th at the inaugural uh play at the stadium snapdragon so it's gonna be a blast at least that so we're all choosing to go there instead of <laughs> to the galaxy game on saturday <laughs> it's gonna be a party but uh we uh we appreciate your support and again as always uh find us in your podcast app give us five stars so we can meet more awesome people like you buy a copy of the magazine on eliezerhouse.com i believe is the website that's uh, correct and yeah that's the end of me have a good weekend everyone <laughs> bye guys Thank you.